This is a presentation of BSRN, Box Studios Radio Network. The Power Play Post Show is on the air, covering minor league hockey since 2003, and now covering the Binghamton Black Bears, with news, reactions, and in-depth interviews only heard here. And now, from the Box Studios in Kirkwood, New York, here is your host of the Power Play Post Show, Bob Howard. And hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Power Play Post Show. This is the show for February 18th, 2024, season 13, episode number 24. And this is episode number 409 in the long running podcast. It is the Power Play Post Show. I am your host, Bob Howard. It is Sunday morning here in a snowy Binghamton, New York, and uh, the snow has fallen over the last couple of days, and we have a little bit of uh, snow on the ground, uh, but nothing too bad, and uh, honestly, it hasn't been that bad of a winter anyways. Um, we have a really cool, uh, fun little show uh, for you here on a Sunday, um, hopefully to get you through the uh, February Sunday blues, as uh, there's really not much to do out there, and uh, no hockey this weekend for the Binghamton Black Bears, so nothing there to cover, but there's still news. There's always news, right? Uh, so we'll get into all that in just a little bit. The Power Play Post Show is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Just search Power Play Post Show on whichever platform you listen to your podcast and subscribe. Please join the Power Play Post Show Facebook group. Just go to Facebook, search for Power Play Post Show, and share any of our uh, share with any of your friends to grow the group. Check out BinghamtonHockey.net for all your Binghamton Hockey information and curiosity. And on this edition of the Power Play Post Show, six more questions with Binghamton Black Bears netminder, Nolan Egbert. Uh, so we'll get to those in just a little bit. Obviously, if you've been, if you listened to obviously the show on Thursday, you knew that there were some roster changes coming. Uh, you knew that things were going to be changing. And uh, it was announced earlier today uh, by the Fed League Flash's Gary Ryan that something that we, he and I both knew over the past uh, few days, uh, that uh, Nikita Ivashkin would be traded to the Blue Ridge Bobcats. Um, I spoke to Coach Sherwood yesterday uh, for a couple minutes because he is uh, spending some time with his family and had some time off. But I know he's been on the phones uh, shopping Nikita around. And uh, because things kind of fell apart at the end of last weekend. So we'll get into all that here in just a second. Let's just read through the formalities. Sometime later on today, it'll be announced, but the Binghamton Black Bears have traded Nikita Ivashkin to the Blue Ridge Bobcats for future considerations. Now, in this particular case, I do know that it was for cash. Uh, it's that simple. It was for money. There is no player coming this way. And we honestly don't need a player. Um, we, we just don't. We got a lot of irons in the fire when it comes to who could be here, who's going to be here. Uh, we got players that need to kind of get to their 15-game limit before getting into the playoffs, like a Jake Schultz. So I think that we're going to be fine with that. Um, sources do tell me that it was for cash. I don't think we'll be seeing a player involved in the transaction for now or in the near future, at least not from Blue Ridge. The Black Bears lose their franchise leader in goals with 109, games played with 125, and points with 196. 
Now, in the last five games, Nikita had not gotten any points. Man, I really thought he was going to hit that 200-point mark, but he does not. So he leads the franchise in goals with 109, games played with 125, and points 196. Pretty impressive numbers. Kyle Powell still holds the assist record. I think it was 94 uh, franchise, and then for the franchise. And then uh, Tyler Jurich still holds the power play goals um, as well. So with 24, I believe it is. I have to check the numbers. I'm going to be releasing some of those numbers uh, over the next day or two. This season, Nikita had 18 goals, 14 assists, and 32 games, fifth on the team for the Black Bears. However, did not have a point in his last five games and had not scored a goal since January 19th versus Hattricks where he scored two goals. Nikita leaves the only professional team and city he's played for in his career after parts of three seasons, and you can only wonder how much further in Binghamton Hockey history record books he would have uh, been if he would completed this season and if he would not suspended indefinitely last season. Almost right around the same amount of time. Nikita ends his Binghamton playing stats sixth all-time in Binghamton hockey history with a 109 goals in 25, 125 games played. He was only 11 goals behind Paul Fetton, who sits fifth with 120 goals. He was also 15th with 196 points in Binghamton hockey history for uh, points and was sitting four points out of 200 for the last five games. He did not register one point. Uh, Nikita had been playing on the third line for the Binghamton Black Bears the last couple of weeks, which Coach Sherwood wanted Nikita to work on his defensive play. Nikita scored his first goal in the Black Bears' first professional game in the FBHL in Watertown in 2021 and scored the next four games in what became his best season with the Black Bears and a 56-goal season for the rookie. In his first season, he scored 56 goals in 56 games and added 42 assists for 98 points, matching uh, FPHL scoring legend Tyler Jurich with 98 points for the Black Bears. Both of them had, um, obviously, 98 points. I think, if I remember correctly, Tyler Jurich had 55 and 50, uh, 55 uh, goals that season. He missed them by like one or two goals. In his second season, Nikita only played in 37 games after February 24th game in versus the Carolina Thunderbirds. Nikita was suspended by the team and then eventually uh, the, by the FPHL indefinitely, basically till the end of the season for an off-ice uh, incident that was not made publicly and uh, was not made official publicly. His production in the second year was on pace to match his first season as he scored 35 goals and had 31 assists for 66 points in 37 games. He had a really good season going, too. This season, Coach Sherwood stamp on this team, which would include better team defense, and no forward could have been... I, uh, no forward could not be a two-way forward. Nikita's role had to change. He had to be a better... Uh, in the, his defensive play, and even Coach Sherwood agreed that Nikita was getting better uh, defensively. Uh, but where where is Nikita going? Well, there will be a familiar face for Nikita in Blue Ridge. Former alternate captain of the Black Bears, Josh Newberg, plays for the Bobcats and is one of the leaders. Owen Liskowitz also plays for the Bobcats, so Nikita will have a couple familiar faces 
when he goes to Withville. And according to um, Gary Ryan's uh, report, Nikita joined up with them last night in Elmira and was going down to Withville with the team today. And uh, they should be announcing that I would I would imagine sometime later on today. If if not, it'll definitely be tomorrow because Binghamton also wants to get him off their books as well, right off the roster. In comparison, Nikita is now the top scorer for the Bobcats. Jacob Wolf Wolf is next closest to points to Nikita with 15 goals, 12 assists for 27 points in 36 games played. Nikita's 18 goals, 14 assists in 32 games immediately puts him at the top of the Bobcats score sheet. I can I got to imagine that Nikita is going to be on the top line in on that team. In some way or fashion, he's going to to do that. If he's already down there, if he's already met up with the team and has gone down there, he is going to go down and play uh, pretty much on the top line. And I think that what's kind of a benefit for the Binghamton Black Bears is we're not going to see him. He didn't go to Danbury. He didn't go to Watertown. He didn't go to Elmira. I think going to Elmira would have been really bad for Black Bears. I mean, we've only got like four or five games left with them. But still, you don't want that reminder coming in. He's familiar with our rink. He would score easily. Um and I just think that it's it's good that he went to a team somewhere else. I hear the cash value on it was pretty good. Now, you have to remember, Nikita Ivashkin was the second highest paid player on the Binghamton Black Bears. So he's got worth. There is worth there. And, uh, you know, it was. I think it was probably just time. The, the team is changing. Um, Coach Sherwood has just a different way that he wants. Think about the players he's brought in. Taylor McCloy. Okay, he's brought in Bryce Farrell. These are all guys who played in the upper level that play a little bit more of a physical game. And he believes that a physical game is what's going to help you win a championship. Look at Danbury last year. You can say whatever you want about how they played, you know, whether it was dirty or whatever because of the players they had on the ice. Just so, who played seven or eight games here in Binghamton. You know, Daniel Amesbury, who's not in the league no more because most of what he did was injure people. But when you break it down, they were a physical team top to bottom, you know, and that really worked. And in the single-A markets, when you are a physical team that can score, you're more than likely going to win. You're not going to win with defense. You're not going to win with a great goaltender. You're going to win with basically a physical team that can score goals. Because, you know, when you play physical on a regular basis, it's going to happen. Last night, uh, you know, one of the things I saw, uh, I, I actually watched the video this morning. Uh, Danbury and uh, Watertown played, and they very much so got physical at the end of the game. Danbury was leading this game 7-2, to two, and the Watertown Wolves just started coming after them a lot. And uh, but Danbury's able to hold their own even now, even still without some of the players on the team that they had before, Jesso and Amesbury, they are still a very physical team and can keep up with anybody. That's why you can't count them out, and I'm definitely not going to count them out for sure. So 
that's it. Nikita Vashkin is gone. Tommy Ray is gone. Now, Tommy Ray is a little bit more of a, a story that kind of really sucks. Now, Nikita has the history, right? The Binghamton hockey history. He scored some goals. He's in the top 15 in points in all of Binghamton hockey history. He's in the, he's top six, right? He's number six in goals. There's, there's history there. There's stuff there. But it was probably time to move on. I mean, he kind of let the team down at the middle part January or February part of the last season. And then in this season, he quit on the team. It's very simple. When they, when they were done on Sunday, um, they were, he was done. And when he was in Elmira after that Elmira game and they lost, he was done. He did not come back to the arena, at least as a member of the team. He may have came back and gotten some stuff and, and left or whatever, but he was done. He was not there on the mandatory Tuesday practice. He quit on this team. And this is probably like the second time in two years now that he is not being able to complete a season. And you just can't have that. So the trade was the best thing for this team. Nothing wrong with the locker room. All the guys like each other. And a lot of the guys still liked Nikita Ivashkin. Let's be perfectly fair. But there's always that little baggage and distraction when it came to Nikita that definitely needed to uh, change. And now it has. So that's gone. But Tommy Ray, different story. Tommy Ray is a player that people liked, that people was rooting for. He was the little engine that could and did. And I think there's a lot of people that are probably more heartbroken that he's not with the team now. Um, and that he probably will end up in Elmira when everything's all said and done. He's in Baton Rouge right now, or technically has been traded or picked up by Baton Rouge. But there's a trade that's on the books that will probably happen tomorrow that will get him into Elmira unless that falls through. So that's the word on the street on that. But it's sad to see Tommy Ray go because a lot of people like Tommy Ray. Listen, Tommy Ray had a great interview here on the Power Play Post Show just a few weeks ago, and a lot of people listened to that interview. And uh, thank you very much for listening to that interview. Those are the stories that we want to tell here on the Power Play Post Show, and we did so with Tommy Ray. So changes are happening. Now, when we come back after our uh, six more questions with Nolan Egbert, we're going to look at what our roster looks like right now. It looks like a mess. If you go to the FPHL website, it is a mess. But I'm going to try to break it down and make it a little bit better for you. Um, So I'm going to step out right now. We're going to come back with Nolan Egbert, and then after we come back from Nolan Egbert, we will talk about – the uh, the roster and how it looks, and we'll look at the standings before we end this Sunday edition. This is like a weekend wrap-up show, but there was no games to talk about. Uh, the Black Bears didn't play, but we'll look at the standings and talk about a few things that did happen this weekend. We're there, so we're going to step out, and when we come back, we'll have six more questions with Nolan Ebert. We'll be right back right after this, right here on the Power Play Post Show. You're listening to the Power Play Post Show. Here is another Power Play Post Show interview exclusive with Bob Howard. All right, and we're back with uh, Nolan Egbert, and this is six more questions with Nolan Egbert. All right, Nolan, you ready? 
Ready to go? All right. Number one, to this point in your hockey playing career, what has been your greatest achievement? Well, it's tough to say I peaked at uh, 11 years old, but uh, I, we had a super team. Uh, when uh, we were, I was 11, we had uh, Charlie McAvoy, Adam Fox, and a couple of other uh, AHL and borderline NHL guys. And team. We won a world championship uh, with okay. the Long Island Gulls. That was, uh, that was fun. It was on national. I guess the first and only time I played hockey on national TV in Canada. Wow. Uh, I'll send you maybe a picture of that uh, team photo, see if you can pick out which goaltender is me and who the, uh, <laughs> the NHL stars are in that. But uh, That would be great. That, uh, all kidding aside, all kidding aside, it was probably, uh, I would say it was getting to this point to play professional hockey. I mean, it's something special to say someone uh, – gave you a paycheck regardless of the size of it to to play what is essentially a children's game no i i i totally agree with you okay number two are you a nintendo xbox or playstation player and what is your go-to game Mm. can i go uh secret option d pc oh yeah so you're more of a pc guy but you know what i I got that answer last week too Uh, uh all right so what game uh do you go to on the pc uh so i'll Again, young me would be very disappointed in current me where I just haven't uh, <laughs> kept up with video games uh, very much. But whenever I go back to the computer, I'll still play uh, It's either Portal 2 or Team Fortress 2. I'm very much a fan of Portal, just the, the puzzle aspect of it. I feel like it keeps my mind working sharp. Gotcha. Very, very cool. Okay. Now, you and I had a long conversation before we even started recording about music, but this is the question, and I kind of have a feeling I know how this is going to go, but number three, are you a rock, country, or hip-hop music lover, and who is your go-to artist? Uh, so you cheated with this one. We talked about it earlier. Yeah. So I'm a rock guy, yep. and my go-to is definitely uh, would be Pink Floyd. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe Rush also as well, but Pink Floyd would probably be the, the 1A spot. Nice, nice. Okay, number four, and by the way, I love uh, Pink Floyd uh, fans out there need to know uh, he's a The Wall kind of guy, and I am more Wish You Were Here, but two very great albums, and oh, love Pink Floyd. Okay, number four, who is the funniest guy in the locker room? Oh, that's a, now that is a tough question, and really? one that's tough to answer in the sense that if I don't say one particular guy, they'll probably be annoyed with the fact that I didn't say that they were the funniest. <laughs> All right, now who who's that guy? Uh, Come on, say it. Kirk's is really great for a quick laugh, but uh, I would say Mac. Mac's mm-hmm. the funniest guy in the locker room to me. He, I think that's the goaltender connection, though, where yeah. you, you kind of get the offbeat humor a bit more. Yes, absolutely. Okay, all right, we'll, we'll go with that. All right, number five. Uh, what is your go-to cheat meal or snack that you would say is not in your normal diet? Something you don't eat all the time, but you go to every once in a while. Ramen noodles. Really? Is there a particular flavor Love you like? Love me some good ramen. Uh, I mean, I, I'll tend to get like the, the slightly better than, uh, than cup of noodles, like okay. ramen noodles, like something from the... The, the actual Asian aisle in the supermarket. But usually I'll still stick with, like, chicken flavor or something like that. I'm not yeah. uh, not too adventurous with that. Nice, nice. All right, number six, the last one. A zombie outbreak has happened, and you're locked at a ice hockey rink, okay? Who is the one person, dead or alive, that you would want in there with you? 
Does this have to be a hockey player, someone on the team? It can be anybody in the world, dead or alive. Who would you want in that rink with you? I mean, you're you're stuck in a hockey rink. The zombies are outside. They they probably can't get in, and you're probably not getting out. So who do you want to be in there with? Hmm. Right, that's an interesting question. If I'm fight, if I'm going into it with the idea that I'm going to fight my way out, yeah, I feel like Genghis Khan would be a good choice because I think that's a guy with a lot of experience hacking and slashing people to death. That's true. Uh, that's true. <laughs> I like it. That's a great answer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, probably not. Uh, probably not the go-to choice for a lot of people. Uh, conversation will be quite limited. But uh, <laughs> but if you but if but if there was somebody uh, that you would you know you know you're you're going to be there for a year right and you know you're stuck you know you're waiting for the zombies to all die on their own and everything who do you want to be stuck in there with? I'm going to have to pick. Uh, I guess a friend from back home. Uh, that would either be. I'll call. I'll, Shout out my friends here. Uh, that would either be Colin Walker or Jen Bianco. Okay. They'll know who they are when I tell them to listen to this later. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Great. Awesome. That was six more questions with Nolan Edberger, and we'll be right back right after this, right here on the Power Play Post Show. you're a Binghamton Hockey fan, then you need to check out BinghamtonHockey.net for all your news, stats, information, the Binghamton Hockey Hall of Fame, top 10 lists, profiles, and so much more. That's BinghamtonHockey.net. You're listening to the Power Play Post Show. And welcome back, everybody, to the Power Play Post Show. Now, if you didn't enjoy that, I mean, he picked, you know, Genghis Khan as the guy he'd like to be stuck in with, um, in the hockey ice arena, uh, Nolan Eckbert, what a guy! Love him. He's great. Uh, glad that he's a part of this team. He brings some levity in some cases, and he's a really, really smart guy. Uh, so, you know, we were talking about Nikita Ivashkin and Tommy Ray leaving the team. So, right. So, I think there's a lot of people just, you know, kind of scared about the roster. What's going to happen with the roster? You know, who's going to be on the team? How are we going to win? A championship and there is a plan really in place and there's still like six or seven college guys that could show up and help out this team and we've already seen that with Andrew Uturo being here he's already gotten two goals in his first three games with the Binghamton Black Bears so let's highlight that for a second I mean that's pretty cool that you come in and you've already scored two goals um, in your first three games huge 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 so let's go through this right now we'll go through this now Tyson Kirkby and Jesse Anderson's call-up was just for the weekend, all right? So it was just for Friday and Saturday night's game for Roanoke. They got players coming back. So I expect to see them Tuesday at practice when I am there. Um, I'm going to be at practice um, with the Binghamton Black Bears. I am not getting on the ice. I already told Coach that I would not put skates on and embarrass myself in front of people that I want to uh, respect me when I interview them. So I am certainly not getting back on the ice in any way, shape, or form. However, the forwards that we have right now, and I'm breaking this down kind of a little bit of like a, if I was picking out a possible line combinations, right, and everything. So Gavin Yates would be a, a left wing 
Tyson Kirkby would be center and Donald Oliveri. I'm pretty confident that Tyson's coming back. He'll be there on Tuesday for practice going into this upcoming weekend series against Watertown. Then Connor Smith um, would be the other left wing. Taylor McCloy would be center and Austin Thompson would be a right wing right there. I think that's two very solid lines right there. And then you would have Andrew Logard, Josh Fletcher, and Bryce Farrell. Now rounding out the forwards is Andrew Utoro, who, like I said, scored two goals in three games this past weekend. And then Jesse Anderson, the other person who went up to uh, Roanoke with Tyson Kirkby. I think both of those guys are going to be back and everything. I just, I, I've talked to people who are is in obviously good relations with Tyson Kirkby. I can't see him wanting to stay up there when there's such a good thing going on right now in Binghamton. There's a chance to win a championship. And I think for him, that's really the, the mindset. If you've listened to this show and listened to some of the interviews I've done over the past four or five weeks, I've been asking the guys, what is the goal for this season? Every single one of them has mentioned a championship. So I really think that Tyson Kirkby and Jesse Anderson will be back down because that's what they want. But those are the forwards that we have right now, okay? Now, Jesse Anderson obviously can flex into the defense, right? So let's talk a little bit about the defense. The defense, Dakota Bond, and, of course, uh, Dan Stone. That is one of your two par- one of your pairings that's been there the whole season together. Liam Anderson, Dan Weber. Okay, and then, of course, we have Jake Schultz and JT Walters. Now, Jake Schultz is the question mark here. Now, that's why you could have Jesse Anderson flex down. If Jake Schultz is not ready for this upcoming weekend, I'm going to ask some questions. I may not get the answers on Tuesday about Jake Schultz and the injury, but I'm going to do my best to try to get an answer about Jake Schultz and how he's feeling and whatnot. Okay, netminders, Connor McAnanima, obviously our number one goalie, and then you have Sam Levici, and of course, you have Nolan Egbert, right? So that is it right there. So of course, when you take a look at that, those numbers, you got three goaltenders, you've got six defensemen, that's nine players, and then you have uh, forwards right now, you have nine forwards plus Andrew Utoro. Now, you can play with a couple more of the four-game uh, PTOs. Now, Gavin Yates is going to be suspended, right, So for the next four games. So when you take Gavin Yates out of there and everything, Jesse Anderson being flexed in or Andrew Utoro being flexed in, depending on which one you want there versus – so if Jake Schultz does not play this upcoming weekend, Jesse Anderson can play defense and Utoro can play in Gavin Yates' spot. Right, so he can move up to Gavin Yates, Tyson Kirkby, Donald Oliveri's line, and it's and it's not a big deal. We're okay, right? Because we can only have eighteen guys on the roster, right? Eighteen guys on the roster. Yeah, I think it's eighteen. No, nineteen guys in the roster. We're down a roster man to start, which is seventeen. So we're down to sixteen. At least it won't be like it was on. On Sunday, but on Sunday, at least Elmira's in the same position as we were. They were starting with 13 skaters and, and whatnot, right? So normally you can have 16 and two goalies for game day. Uh, you can have nine pe- 19 people on the roster just total, just in general. Gavin Yates got four more games he has to sit. Kills our roster spot for the next four games down from 18 to 17. So... We're okay there. Jesse Anderson can fill in for Gavin Yates or 
Utoro. Jesse Anderson can go down to play defense. I'll put this in written form for everybody who's not following what I'm saying. But right now, when the two guys come back, Tyson and Jesse, which I expect they're probably coming, they're already back. They either came back last night or they're coming back this morning. They will be on the team. Gavin Yates sits. So um, the forward lineup of 10 or 11 will be down to 10. One will kind of uh, go in for Gavin Yates, which will be Utoro or Jesse Anderson. And defensively, if Jake Soltz can't play, Jesse Anderson can flex down and play with JT Walters or whatever pairing you want to do. You might break up Dan Weber and Liam uh, Anderson to play with uh, the two vets. However, I am going to say this. I think the Black Bears are getting into the position that time of the year where three netminders are probably not going to be able to stay on this roster. So that's the tough part. What do you do here? Connor McAnanima, obviously, I think Coach has already said this. He's their number one. He's the guy that he's going to go to first. So what do you do from there? Sam Levici has got some decent numbers, and Nolan Egbert's got some decent numbers. Sam's got more wins than Nolan, but Sam's also got more starts than Nolan. Okay. However, the save percentage and the goals against average is almost the same. So that's a tough one. Nolan Egbert is a bigger goalie, comes out, cuts off the angles a little bit more. Sam Levici's got a good, fast a glove, so his catching hand is really fast. But does he attack the puck as well as Nolan Egbert? So there's there's that debate there. I think Brian Billet and uh, Coach Sherwood are going to have a lot to talk about and to figure out. Maybe you give each uh, goaltender another game to take a look at it. Then you have to make a decision. I think the decision is coming soon, folks. I know it's been kind of fun, and we've kind of joked about it. And it's been nice to have three goaltenders. And, you know, they got this far with three goaltenders. I don't think they can do it much longer. So do you trade one of them and try to get something for one of them? Or do you somehow finagle something to keep one of them from not signing somewhere else? I, you, you almost can't do that, right? You can't do that to a goaltender. So it'll be interesting to see. But I do think they have a decision to make when it comes to the netminders. Um, there's also the thought process, well, what happens when Boulard and Justin Samaro are done with their SP stints, right? Because from what I've been told, those two stints might end about a month or so before, or a week, week or two weeks before the end of the season. Well, if that's the case, then how does that, how is that going to work, right? Because you have brought in Bryce Farrell. You've brought in Jake Schultz, which kind of fills the spots of, you know, you know, uh, you know, Bryce Farrell, and you've brought in Jake Schultz, which there's Justin Samaro, and it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens here. And the goal at the end of the season is still to win a championship, right? But not everyone that we've seen play here in Binghamton is going to be here for that championship, and we just got to face that as fans. All right, let's look at the standings after Saturday's games. Now tonight, the Watertown Wolves and the the uh the uh Danbury Hattricks will play another game. There's going to be a couple suspensions from the Watertown team for some of their actions at the end of the last night's game where they got beat like 7 to 2, I believe it was. And uh, I watched the end of that game this morning after I woke up just to kind of see how it ended. 
but either way, um, this this game or this this division now looks at Binghamton right now. Nothing happened for, over the weekend for Binghamton, so they're still at eighty points. They've got twenty five wins, five losses, and six overtime losses. One of those wins, one of those twenty five wins, was an overtime win, but they have eighty points. The Motor City Rockers are in second place. They've played two more games than the Binghamton Black Bears. So, you know, with the Black Bears' upcoming schedule being a few three and threes, I don't know when Motor City's playing their games, but they've played two extra games. They have right now 22 wins, 12 losses, and four overtime losses for 65 points. They're the only other team that uh, points percentage-wise are above 500. The Danbury Hattricks... Uh, winners last night, but losers on Friday night to Watertown. In 37 games played, they are 18, 15, and 4. I don't think I've ever seen Danbury, since we've joined the league, be this low in the standings and this low in points. They have 52 points, and like I said, they're under uh, 500% when it, or, uh, you know, 50% when it comes to their points percentage. Elmira, who has played well as of late, their winners are sixth out of their last uh, 10, 10 games. So they're six and four in their last 10, which is pretty impressive. 38 games played also like Motor City. They had that rough run. And what was funny about their rough run, that's when they started playing well. Let's be honest. They had that run where they were playing like six games in 10 days or something crazy like that. And they played well in that. And they're six and four in their last ten games. Uh, they are fifteen twenty three and zero. Um, they don't mess around in overtime. They just they just win uh, or lose flat out. Uh, Watertown in last place with thirty eight points. They have sixteen. Um, I'm sorry. They have twelve wins, uh, twenty one losses, and four overtime losses for thirty eight points. They lost, obviously, last night at home, and they host Danbury again tonight at 7.05. Late games. Late games in Watertown on Sunday nights. Uh, that's not normal, or it's not common in, in pro hockey, but Watertown does it, and I think it was last weekend um, I saw the game, 7 o'clock game, and it was a decent crowd. So, And that was a Super Bowl. No, not, not the Super Bowl game. Not the Super Bowl week. It was the week before. Week before, two weeks ago, they had a uh, Sunday night game, and the, it, it drew pretty well and everything. So that's the standings right now. Binghamton right now, 15 points up. I believe with Watertown losing, the the magic number has got to be around 15-ish points that they need uh, to clinch a spot for the playoffs. So that's pretty much it for the weekend wrap-up show. Um, the Power Play Post Show is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Just search Power Play Post Show on whichever platform you listen to your podcast and subscribe. Please join the Power Play Post Show Facebook group. Just go to Facebook and search for Power Play Post Show and share any of our show posts to all your friends. Check out BinghamtonHockey.net for all your Binghamton Hockey information and curiosity. And thank you again to Rob Lopolis, our MC, John Petitucci, our musical director, and six more questions with Binghamton Black Bears netminder, Nolan Egbert. Before we leave, just real quick, I did put up a poll uh, on Saturday, Friday, one of those days I put a poll up. And that poll was uh, seeing that there are no games tonight for the Binghamton Black Bears. Let's have some fun and answer this poll. Okay. I want to give some, uh, some, this is pretty interesting. Uh, what position on the ice are you a fan of the most? Okay. And uh, we had 
Uh, 69 votes. So I want to thank all 69 people who uh, uh, did this. Goaltender got the most votes with 41%, which makes sense because our two goaltenders have uh, done pretty well with uh, their their podcast uh, debuts here on the Power Play Post Show. 41% of you said goaltender. 34% said forward, center, left wing, and right wing. And, of course, 25% said uh, the, the uh, def- defenseman. Now, what's interesting about the defenseman, Sam Levici, who is a goaltender, said uh, defense. And when I asked him about that, he said, well, if they're playing good in front of me and I like to watch them play good in front of me, then his day is good. So I thought that was a great response. Thank you, Sam, for um partaking in that little conversation as well. But very interesting here, um, Stephen McAnanima, of course, he picked his son's position, obviously, and everything. Jeff Jarrett from the Watertown Wolves, he picked uh, goaltenders as well. Um, So did the Fed League Flash, uh, Gary Ryan, but of course, Gary Ryan uh, played uh, goalie uh, when he was younger, so no surprise there. I personally picked forwards. Um, you know, when I played, that's what I did. Brooks Hill from the Binghamton Black Bears. He also picked forward. Want to thank everybody for answering the the poll. Really appreciate it. Uh, some great, uh, you know, great uh, great votes there. Um, so that was very cool. We'll probably do something like that again. Again, thank you very much for listening, and uh, good luck to Tommy Ray, potentially going to be in Elmira River Shark here probably within the next 24 hours, and good luck to Nikita Ivashkin. You gave us a lot of really awesome goals. Some of those uh, diagonal uh, streaks uh, in front of the goaltender to score some of those goals were pretty awesome. I am Bob Howard. This is the Power Play Post Show. listening to this edition of the Power Play Post Show. Be sure to tune in next week to the Box Studios Radio Network for all the latest Black Bears news and interviews from around minor league hockey. The Power Play Post Show would like to thank John Patitucci for all the music you hear on the show. You've been listening to the Power Play Post Show.